Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Salopcast with myself, Glyn Price, and uh, my partner in crime, Ollie Warner. Um, we're both back in England for the first time in two episodes, so hopefully you guys will notice uh, an increase in the audio quality again. We'll be back to using our old system, which is going to be uh, a bit easier to listen to. So apologies about the last few weeks, but I hope hopefully people appreciate that we, we tried to do it from sort of foreign climbs. So um, yeah, it's nice to be back back in England, isn't it, Ollie? And we've both been to the same game for the first time this season, so that was that was quite helpful, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it was good. It's going to be interesting for us to obviously debate the, um, debate the same game. And um, yeah, so today we're talking about the Sunderland game. Um, and we'll be focusing a lot on the Gillingham game. Yeah, I think there's there's obviously a lot to talk about. I think uh, the reaction at the end of the game from a few fans around us left me uh, scratching my head in some respects, but then also some quite interesting things that people said. So yeah, it'd be good to sort of delve into that, and we're starting to get to grips with the team now and seeing who's playing where and what Mellon's doing and trying to figure out what Mellon's doing anyway. So yeah, so welcome to episode seven. Uh, we shall move on to talking about the games now. And here come the home side. The last chance, surely. It is Vernon on the left. There are bodies in the box. It is Scott Vernon driving towards the goal. He's still going. It is in there. there. They have won it with the last kick of the game. And Shrewsbury score through Grimmer. So in episode seven, we're going to talk about two games. The first one we're going to discuss is Sunderland away in the League Cup. Um, unfortunately, we lost this game 1-0. Um, Yanazai scored for Sunderland um, in the 83rd minute. Um, Yanazai um, been on loan from Manchester United. So... Good player who scored a, a decent goal. Yeah. So um, Glenn and I couldn't attend this game, but um, we put a shout out on Twitter, and kindly Thomas Griffiths and Ben Kimball were kind enough to send us a report on their top three. So that's great. So thanks to those guys. Yeah, so let me share what they had to say. So the first half, we were well in the game. Um, very early chance for Sunderland and was their best ever all half. And we kept them out of the box, and the majority of their shots were taken from distance and were wide. Um, we didn't offer anything really going forward. Uh, and he, um, Thomas felt that we were going for a draw um, going for penalties and late in the second half um, Yanisai pulled out a great shot but managed to grab some of the back page headlines unfortunately for town um, we didn't attack but we did defend well during the game Junior Brown had Yanisai in his pocket and, set, uh, and his sussed out his step over routine <laughs> um, so he's trying to copy Ronaldo there yeah. so and McGiven um, were solid at the back um, we did well and a lot of good passing, but um, the report here from Thomas is saying that Shrewsbury struggled in the final third, which has been a bit of a, um, a theme all season, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, Jason Lutweiler, um was classic, you know, Jason. Um, he put up some great saves, but his distribution was very poor. I think that's something yeah. probably note about the Gillingham game as well. Yeah. So overall, very decent performance from Taron. Um, like to have seen us um, start the back four. Um and attack the team, but there was low in confidence. But we did the classic um, five at the back um, against Sunderland, which we often do, don't we, in the league? Yeah, club. yeah. I think that's a pretty good summary. I say I, I wasn't in the game, nor were you. I watched the sort of extended highlights that were on the Sunderland um, website, so it was a bit Sunderland-centric. But even from that, you could see that it was a majority of Sunderland possession, and, and obviously they had a lot of shots from distance. Um, I watched them, and it, to be fair to look wider, as you say, makes some good saves. You made a cracking save after they'd gone one 0 ahead. Actually, yeah, it was one of the best saves I've seen for a while. But yeah, it sounds like um, it sounds like it was a, a good a good performance. You know, I think on the Sunderland website they described Shrewsbury as a hard to break down defensive unit, which is exactly why we play five at the back, isn't it, Ollie? It does yeah, give it us is. that 
solidity, but it doesn't offer us very much going forward. And obviously, we're playing Dodds and Tony as the two attacking players. You know, Saravic, Deegan and Agogo across the middle in the three. Not the most attacking of a, of a midfield three. Probably more attacking than Gillingham game, I suppose, because Saravic was playing. But it didn't, you know, it, to me, that team, when I looked at it, screamed off extra time penalties, potentially, you know, sneak through sort of thing, rather than maybe some of the teams we played in the League Cup over the last few years, when we actually have given it a good go, haven't we? So it was, it was a, you know, a strange thing, really, compared to, say, some of the other games like Blackburn last season, where we, we did get on the front foot straight away. So, yeah, I, you know, all in all, you know, it wasn't the worst result, was it? It was probably expected, but... Um, you know, we put up a good fight, I suppose, till the end. Yeah, no, definitely. I think also just, um, the formation worked well, didn't it, in League Two? Because we always had someone like Bobby Grant, someone who had a bit of pace, yeah. and a bit of ability. But um, yeah, sounds like sounds like we fought hard, and um, if anything, good opportunity to work on the defence. Um, and just to finish, um, so the top three was Brown, Alhab, and Deegan. Um, so just thanks to Thomas and Ben for being our um, salop yeah. correspondents up in Sunderland. Um, thanks for their contribution and their time spent driving all the way there and back. Obviously, it was <laughs> quite a fun, <laughs> quite a long journey. I think I was I was talking to um, my, my my brother's father-in-law today, who, who does some stuff at the football club, and he was saying that the supporters coach got back at three thirty a.m. So you know that's it's a long way to go to Sunderland, isn't it? But it I suppose is, most yeah. people have never been to that ground. So all in all, you know, I I think that. All you want when you're travelling that distance is for your football club to show a bit of pride and a bit of battle, and they they sound like they did that, and we're a bit unlucky really to concede near the end, I suppose. But um, it, it it's still a bit of a, a miserable journey, home, isn't it, when you've lost? So yeah, cheers to the lads for going up there, and uh, as I say, hopefully we'll keep in touch touch with them, and if we have to, have to miss another game, and those guys are going to it, we could probably use them again because I thought that was a good summary of the game. So. That was the start of this week, Ollie, where we, we were sort of encouraged, weren't we, having to beat Chesterfield and then went to Sunderland and only lost 1-0 and we were sort of quite proud about that. Um, so we're going to probably draw a line in the Sunderland, aren't we, and move on to what happened on Saturday because that's left us with more questions than answers, really, following what had gone on the week before. So what happened, Ollie? Give me the headlines. <laughs> so um, it was, um, to use a bit of a cliche, a bit of a game of two halves, wasn't it? So um, mm. for those who weren't there, um, the results, so Gillingham won um, 3-2. Um, they scored um, in the 93rd minute, the winner. Um, so again, a bit of an intro into the game. So um, we had our um, quite settled back five now. I've looked Viola, Riley, Alhab, McGiven and Brown. Um, we changed formation in the middle. So we played a diamond. So Deegan as a holding a midfielder with a go-go and black supporting him. Yeah. With Dodds playing as a number 10 with um, Tony and Mangan. And it was the first start for Mangan. So that was a bit of a surprise to see Mangan on the bench. Sorry, on the bench. Sorry, Off the bench. The pitch. Yeah. So that was interesting. So... What was it? So, new half, a new formation, I think, actually worked quite well in the first half. Um, the first goal was a nice one. Yeah, yeah, it did. It seemed like it was going to... I mean, it's probably worth talking about this game in two halves, isn't it, really? Yeah. The first half, town was solid at the back. You know, we didn't really concede too much possession. The first five minutes, I think Gillian were on top. Um, but we got to grips with them, really, didn't we, after that? And we, we reasonably marked old J. Emmanuel Thomas, or Jet, as he likes to call himself. We marked him quite well, and then that sort of stopped most of their attacking threat. And... Dodds had his best half he's had for the football club, I think. The two goals, he, he took them really well. Um, I thought Tony was quite lively. He, he did quite well. I, I wasn't really impressed with Mangan. He, he was offside too much for me. And he, no. he chased a lot of balls down, but it was a bit more sort of like a James Collins performance without, you know, with being offside more. Um, and the midfield yeah. three did enough, but, you know, weren't that creative, I suppose. It was reliant upon Dodds just dropping off and, and feeding the other two. But it worked well enough to go 2 0 up, so you couldn't really complain about it. And, and at half time, I don't think anyone was really that worried, were they? It, it seemed like this was a sort of a, a home run then. You were going to win this game and win two home games in a league in a row for the first time in God knows how long, and, and that would have been all right. But it didn't quite work out like that, did it? No, it didn't. No. But did, how did you feel at half time? Comfortable. Were you confident? Yeah. I wasn't. Weren't you? Oh, I was, dear. No. 
I wasn't. I don't know what it was. There was just something about the game. Where I just felt almost. I don't know whether it felt like this was too good, mm. or I just felt too now. I don't know. I just still felt there was something uh, could happen, and there was still a long way to go. I said to a friend of mine who I brought a friend um, from um, when I used to work at Cabaret to the game, and I said to him, "Wish we could stop the game now." <laughs> That's what I said at half time. So um, positives though. Dogs was definitely good, wasn't he? Yeah. Had a very good half. So. The first goal, obviously, Tony laid it off to him nicely and he came in and kind of curled into the back of the net, a bit like Holmes did against um, Charlton against us. Um, and then the second one was a great um, run from Brown. So Brown has been a solid performer, hasn't he, so far this season? He's been a standout player so far this season, I think. Yeah, yeah. he's been really good. So, um, yeah, he's a real, real threat. So, yeah, and obviously um, Dodds um, scored from a rebound for the second goal. So, yeah, went into the first half, pleased with performance, but still a bit worried. Yeah, I think I say my confidence was placed on the fact that very rarely do teams lose a game when they're 2-0 up at half-time. You know, that's <laughs> it doesn't happen. It genuinely does not happen very often. If you look at the percentages, it's pretty pretty poor to lose a game when you're 2-0 up at half-time, particularly at home. You know, that, that was the thing, that's the killer about it, I suppose. Um, going back to the goals, though, I, I yeah, Brown, I just wanted to pick up on Brown. The way he did um, the guy for the, for down the line, it, it does show you that when he does get forward, I know he's, he's, tradi- he's been playing left-back for us for these last year or so, hasn't he? But he's still got the ability as a winger to go past a player and put that cross in, and it yeah, does. Yeah. It makes him a powerful player at this level. And a lot of people quite quite down on Brown, as she's Town fans. I don't know if you've noticed that they sort of say, "Oh, he's yeah. a League Two player at best," but he's actually really integral to the way we play. If we're going to play that tactic of even even a five at the back as wing backs, or even as a left back, he still gives you that width that when we're playing the diamond, which basically, in my view, the midfield diamond gave us absolutely no width. So you still had to have your left back playing as your width. So he, if we're going to play that or play five at the back, which seems to be the preferred tactics, Brown is absolutely vital. He, he, you know, we can't just play a traditional left back there, like say a Dimitriou, who's just, you know, or Sadler or someone. Like yeah. That, someone like that. You, you can't get away with it. And, and that proved it. Cause he was, it was really, well, really good the way that he beat that player just laid it into Dodds I know he didn't score off the first shot but um, the rebound fell to him quite nicely didn't it and he's ham- slammed it home so that was good the first goal was better though yeah the first goal was um, the first goal was good the first goal in open play um, in the league so that was good to see Yeah, but yeah Brad, I'm really impressed with Brad I don't know why it is about Shrewsbury Town fans what they have said against Brad I don't know what that is but um, often we've had um, wingers or people players that um, get a lot of abuse, even though they're very effective. Yeah, but, um, I suppose yeah, it's a bit strange. Some of it comes from the fact that he was one of the people that was here last year during the terrible run, and you yeah. know, uh, people. You know, there's not many players in there that are still like, oh well, he was crap last year. How can he be much better last year? But he wasn't. You know, he wasn't crap in every game last year. He had some no. poor games and he had some good games. And I think some people just remember the bad games and some people remember the good games, don't they? So it all depends. Yeah, but I think I think it's maybe the Dimitri effect as well. Obviously, he was playing instead of Dimitri, so maybe there's something in that as well. He's a bit of a fan favourite, Dimitri, wasn't he? And everyone yeah, thought he'd he been hard hardly treated by but I, I do think Brown's winning people over week on week and if he if he keeps playing like that despite us being up and down you know I can see him having a, having a good season hopefully so he was the standout player in the first half with Dodds for me um, as I said I thought Tony was quite good um, and the, the centre-backs played pretty well to be fair I mean it, I, the, the thing about you saying going back to what we started this conversation about about how you felt at half time is there was a, like a, a period the first five minutes where Gillian was totally on but there was a period after we scored the second goal and I think you're probably going to come on this I'm not sure what time did they make their sub where their centre-back got injured was it in the yeah I was just gonna, that was actually going to be my next that was going to be my next yeah, comment and that for me is kind of the point that changed the game so yeah so their centre-back got injured and they brought on a number 10 and they completely they matched our formation yep. didn't they so they went they matched our formation went for a diamond um and yeah that completely changed the game that uh, number i um, can't remember his name now is it dak who dak, came on yeah, yeah dak, Brad, yeah, dak who dak? came on yeah i'm not sure but yeah pass went off the center off and they went from a back three 
um, and went to um, yes, copied our formation, mm. and the second and they just dominated, and they were on top of clearly on top in the second half, um, just over. Um, but yeah, it was um, a second half. So yeah, let's move on to the second we half. Have to. Um, yeah. <laughs> so how should, should we do this? Should we maybe go from the first goal? Um, yeah. How they got into the game? On, so yeah. yeah, so yeah, ball into the box, comes back, headed back out, um, and then their biggest threat, mm. um, Thomas, was just. Was I've, I've watched this a couple of times. So he was near the front post from where the side where they crossed the ball. So on the right hand side of the pitch, you're from the west end. He just moved from the kind of like from the edge of the post into the center of the goal. Pass McGiven, pass Al Hab. No one trapped him. Um, they just crossed the ball into the back of the net and headed in. Yeah, it was easy. Um, yeah, it was easy. And and, and Hal Hab turned was kind of looking for someone to blame. But McGiven and Al Al Hab, one of them should have either trapped him or communicated or done something. But there's this huge huge strapping bloke in the middle of the box free and he just headed into the back mm. of the net. So that was really poor defender. It was it's strange because the, just before that, they put the ball into the box and Riley had come across like from right back to pretty much playing in the centre-back position to head a ball clear and he actually made a really good clearance to stop... Um, it wasn't. It was the other striker that, or one of the other forwards that almost scored but he, he did a really good clearance and he put it back out into the wing and then they recycled it from there. And I'm wonder, I, I just thought at the time when I haven't looked at it again, it's almost like him moving over moved El Abdon McGiven further across. So they sort of shuffled across and then that, that left them slightly out of position. There's still no excuse. They still were, they should still be man-marking you in that situation. It yeah. should be close to the biggest threat that they've got up front. But it almost felt like because Riley came across, they sort of shuffled along and never, because they got the ball back in the box so quickly and, and recycled it so fast that we never just got back into sh- back into the shape, really. So that's what it kind of looked like to me. But either way, pretty pretty criminal. And as, as yeah, Manon said afterwards, you, you described it as another individual mistake, but you could say it was individuals rather than just one individual because McGiven and Alab should have took charge, particularly Alab being the skipper and yeah. the big man. But even if he'd got close to J. Emmanuel Thomas, I imagine he wouldn't have been able to jump high enough to... To head it away anyway yeah. because that guy would towered over him the entire game. Yeah, um, he was big. We could have put him off. Could have done something, but uh, yeah. yeah, it was poor defending there. And, and then the second and, goal. Yeah, the second goal. But I think it's worth still saying that we still had chances. Yeah, yeah. So we still had chances throughout the half. Um, but yeah, we'll maybe come to that later. So the second goal um, was Thomas again. Kind of gets the ball just into there into our half. Um, he starts running forward. Black's closest to him, um, but Black. Deegan and Agogo are both kind of there. Black mm. could have just dived in, you know, he could have gone in to try and win the ball. Yeah. Um, and he would have, you know, it's not like he was leaving a gap. So obviously, often um, players don't want to dive in or to go for a, um, a tackle, you know, jump in because they don't want to leave a gap. But there was plenty of room. So they should have been talking to him to go to and try and tackle him. Yeah. Sorry. But they all um, stood off him. And it was a an absolute beaut of a strike. Yeah, Lutwiler was. I, I've looked. I looked again. I don't think you blame Lutwiler on that. It's one of those, you know, absolute pearlers of a goal that, um, you know, he was very, going to be struggling to get across to because it was hit with such power. It was still rising when it hit the back of the net. It was one of them, wasn't it? It, it, it just was hard low, and then it just rose and rose with pace. But for me. Black was the culprit on that one. He he wasn't even on a booking yeah. for once. You know, he could have committed a professional foul there and just brought him down. And, and I don't mind players taking one of those for the team, you know, 30-odd yards, yard, yards out. Um, but he just... I watch Black a lot in these games because I, I don't think he's the greatest player. And I, don't, and I like to know why I don't think players are brilliant. And sometimes he genuinely just sort of ambles back. And there was another time he did it in the, in the second half where... He just sort of lost the ball on the halfway line. He made a very rare run forward um, and he sort of wanted the ball played and no one played it to him. And all he did was turn around, look at them, sort of shrug his shoulders 
but he didn't chase back. And then they had an attack, and it was one of the chances where they almost scored again in, in the first half. So it, yeah. it, I think it was a similar situation. Like that. Sometimes he, he'll go in in a, a horrific challenge, and other times he'll just be completely missing. And it's it's the scattergun nature of how he plays that sort of maybe frustrates me. It's it, it frustrates me to be honest with you. But yeah, that was inconsistent, wasn't it? It was a hit, though. It was a hell of a hit. Yeah, it was a hell of a hit. And then, yeah, probably just worth saying. So in the second half, um, I was watching the highlights again, the extended highlights on um, Shrews player, and Tony had a chance, Smith had a chance, McGiven had a chance yeah, from he scooped a, it over, a shot he? from a corner, yeah. and Tony had a couple more chances as well. Um, and just actually on Tony, I thought he had a really good game. He got some abuse online from Shrews. Yeah, fans. I'm saw not that. really sure why. No, he... When you watch the highlights back, he was involved in every virtually every single piece of good attacking play. He held up the ball well. Um, his distribution when he got the ball was really good. I would say I criticised him in the last game he played. I thought he was quite poor. but And we criticised him on the pod, didn't we? But I think, actually, in fairness, he had a really good game. And Mangan was getting some praise. And he didn't come up in the... He had one shot in the highlights. But I didn't understand what he did. He didn't do anything. I think he's a bit of a fan's no. favourite. He's, he's, kind of, he's kind of living off that kind of reputation at the moment. He ran around a lot. But he was never really involved in the game, and he was offside a lot. I don't know what your thought was on that. He was, he was offside all the time, wasn't he? And yeah. He, he's a, he's a fan's favourite, isn't he? Let's be honest, because he's one of the he's the community man, isn't he? And people have sort of grown to love him, and he does do a lot for the community. And let's put that to the side. He's done some good work for this football club, but I've got to say, he didn't have his best game on Saturday. He's had some good games, but he is a off. He is for me an off the bench player. And he's going to come on and give you an impact in the last 20 minutes from hard work, bit of trickery. For me, he shouldn't be starting games at League One no. level. And if, well, he was, he and if he was, well, exactly. And if he was going to be playing games at League One level, we would never have let him go to Tramier in the first place. Yeah. Um, and that was all, all, all very weird. But yeah, he was offside way too much. He doesn't watch the line. He's, he's an instinct player, to be fair, yeah. but he does not watch the line. He must have been offside like six times in that game, which is pretty bad. Yeah. Um, and he was definitely better than Tony. And also, this was going to bring us something we'll talk about later, but he stayed on way too long. He was tired at 60 minutes, Mangan, because he's not had a lot of games. He should have probably gone off then. And, and he, he stayed on, well, probably even before that, but he stayed on longer than he probably should have done. And we should have definitely got fresh legs on earlier. So and I wasn't impressed with Mangan. I was impressed with Tony overall. I think he drifted out of the game not as badly as Dodds did. I thought he had a really poor second half compared to how he played in the first half. Um, but Tony still had enough of an impact in the in the second half to say he was worth 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 playing still. But he did miss he, he did miss a pretty easy headed chance. We sort of looked like he was yeah, going to get to it, didn't he? And he sort of come came sort of came yeah came under it a little bit, didn't he? But that was a shame. But yes, Tony was not to blame for the poor attacking performance in the second half for me. He was trying his best. And did you notice at the end he was absolutely devastated at the end? He was down, yeah, punching, he the, was. punching the ground. A lot of them all scuttled off, and he he got quite annoyed about it. And it's obviously because. It does. I like to see that in a lone player. It does mean yeah, that he, he seemed to care. Yeah. I think I think he seemed to care, and um, yeah, I think I think he, I think he had a good game for a for a young lad on loan. You know, new team. I thought he did. Play, I thought he played well, and he was definitely in. Um, he played a big part in the success of the attacking play that we had in this game. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we didn't take the chances, and Smith could have taken that chance. I don't. What, it was. Yeah. It was. Was it? Yeah. It was. Two one at the time, isn't it? When he had that chance. Uh, no, well, there's the one on one. No, it was two yeah. two. It was, was it, it was after then? they scored okay. the equaliser. Yeah. Okay. So and just before that, it was basically it was quite a mad finish, wasn't it? If you think about yeah, it. So it was. we'd gone two two, and then the game sort of petered out a little bit. They had probably yeah. the better chances after that, and then um, then just before Smith had his chance, they had a stonewall penalty. I think 
Do you remember they, yeah. they got in and Lutweiler came out and just cleaned the striker out? When yeah, it looked he like did. He, and, and that to me looked like Stonewall penalty. We better have to talk about Mr. Darren Devon in a minute because he's obviously yeah. a Shrewsbury favourite. But and then from the next attack, that was when Smith got in, it. and that's the third one on one he's missed. And that season. was Brown as well. It was I remember. Yeah, Brown was a fantastic ball from Brown into um, into into Smith. Yeah. But yeah, he completely fluffed it. And yeah, you were going to say how he's missed missed a few of these, hasn't he? Yeah, it seems, and I'm hoping it's not a pattern that keeps repeating itself because. You know, he should have really had a few more goals this season already. I know he's, he's got one already, hasn't he? But, um, yeah, if you're going to get in one-on-one and you're a League One striker, and your odds should be higher to be scoring more than zero from three one-on-one chances. So that was it. That was the game there. And I suppose we would have been looking at it very differently then, wouldn't we? But uh, what happened at the end was pretty crap. And they obviously, next attack for them pretty much, wasn't it? So they went back yeah. down the other end and... Uh, and nicked the game off us. And, and on the second-arm performance, it was coming, wasn't it, for a long time, to be honest with you? Yeah, it was. So, yeah, maybe let's just cover off the goal and talk about the the man, the game, the game, or what maybe Shrewsbury could have done. But, yeah, so yeah. basically they scored from a corner. No one reacting. Um, and was it their centre-half? Um, yeah. I, think, I thought it was number, number five, yeah, who's put the ball into back of net. So, scrappy goal, um, taken from a corner from Dak, and, um, yeah, 3-2. And uh, they had a, a monster pile-on, which the ref had to try and break them up. Yeah. Um, but, but you can't blame him. Was a um, for them. It was a great turnaround. Yeah, it doesn't happen very often. It just does not happen that you get teams coming back from three two two nil down and coming back and winning. You know, I think you look at Walsall at the weekend. They were three nil up and they got pegged back to three three. But as annoying as that is for them, at least they got a point. Yeah, <laughs> we got is. nothing out of the game, and that leaves you even more devastated. And there's going to be a lot of things that we spin off this now to talk about how fans are feeling and stuff. But as soon as yeah. that goal went in, uh, I'm just looking at my Twitter account now. You know, for the fanzine that I do, and as soon as they scored, there were just people getting really angry at Mellon and then just screaming at the players, and then a lot of people shouting about Jackson. But that was more towards the end. Yeah. Um, People were absolutely raging because it just meant, made them think about the, the crap of last season, the home form and all the struggles we had and how hard yeah. it was to go through that. And it's just bringing back week by week when these sort of things happen, how tough that is to deal with and how little progress we might have made if it keeps to be like that. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, well, I think it's probably worth discussing about about the performance in the second half. So um we were obviously playing a diamond formation, and clearly we were playing players that um, played in the, um, on Wednesday as well. So we had one day less than um, than Gillingham um, to recover. But I just I don't know. This is, this is my thoughts. So I've been thinking about why what happened in the second half. Yeah, and I'm really frustrated with Mellon. Um, really frustrated that we carried on with the same formation. So they were yeah. we were tiring, clearly tiring, and obviously playing um, the three central midfielders with Deegan as a bit little bit deeper with Black. And Agogo, Agogo had to come over to help Riley to support, so they were really, really stretched. So he had to come over to stretch to come and support. So I don't know why he didn't go to a four-man midfield. Dodds, and that's not criticism of Dodds. Um, I thought Dodds had a really good first half, but the game kind of bypassed him in the second half, and he was ineffectual. Mm, yeah, you know, we were basically playing three. We were throwing three men up front, and while the game was ebbing to one end to another, leaving our three central midfielders. So I don't understand why he didn't bring on another midfielder. Or tell dogs to go on the wing, have four, have a, two banks of four, and try and see the game out a bit more. I don't know. It just seemed a bit, a bit naive not to make any changes. I don't know. Am I, am I being too harsh? Or no, I don't think. I think there's there's plenty of scope to be annoyed with with Mellon for losing that game, and I think he takes a pretty much a, a quite a lot of the can of it because it's on top of the tactical issues that you know we could point out. Why not just go two banks of four, sit back and try and defend it out? I completely agree with you because it left some of our central midfielders completely out of the game for long periods of the second half you know they were just being completely bypassed and 
yeah, I, I I agree with you there. But there's also the su- the subject of his substitutions, and you, you're losing the game at home, uh, or, or slowly slipping out of a game at home. And the first sub you make, fair enough. He he brought off um, Mangan, who was tiring, and, and put on AJ Leach Smith. Fairly sensible substitution. I don't think you complain about that. The second one was weird, and 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 I can see why he was bringing Saravich on. It was to try and take off one of the more defensive midfielders, wasn't it? And put someone with a bit more attacking guile on. But he. Saravich in fit, I don't think. He was blowing after about two minutes of the game and he was completely ineffectual. He pretty much gave every pass away. So that pass, that, that sub wasn't very good. And then also, still chasing the game, you know, even after they've scored, there's still a, uh, you know, a minute or two left. Didn't even use the last sub, you know, and that yeah. is a way of affecting a game. You know, his last sub, he made it in like the 73rd minute, didn't he? And that yeah, was it. Yeah. We, did, we, didn't, we didn't make any more subs after that to try and change the tactical or... or and it just seems weird that he just stick, yeah. stuck with it. It was almost like he'd given up. Yeah, well, Saravich came on um, on the 78th minute and yeah, and they scored in the 93rd minute. So if you yeah, yeah. we could have 15 minutes and we could have brought another player on. And yeah, a lot of them were um, pretty knackered. But I just, yeah, I just find it really frustrating that, that he didn't do something with Dodds. He just allowed the game to carry on. And mm. um, it was just it just felt that the game was you know the game was ebbing away from us and it was going you know they had all the momentum mm. um, and yeah and kind of the frustration from the fans um, while I'm probably not as frustrated as a lot of the fans um, and there was a lot of lot of obviously frustration a lot of booing um, after the game um, and also obviously some comments on Shropshire Radio and obviously there was a lot of um, a lot of debate and a lot of anger kind of shown online yeah. I don't know if you saw any of that as well. Yeah, a lot of it, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I don't know. I just found it um, I found it a very, very frustrating and disappointing into the game because we'd done so well to get a two-goal lead and we let it slip. Yeah, totally, totally. I think I I, I sent a message across to um, Mark Elliott at the end of the game on Twitter, who's the, who's the radio structure commentator, saying, you know, because people who work in the media are football fans, obviously, but they might not necessarily be fans of this football club. And I was trying to explain, because he was sort of questioning, why was that reaction quite as bad as it seemed, considering this is like, the, what, the fifth league game of the season? And we've we've won at least one game at home this season. And I, I was trying to explain to him that losing a game in that manner, particularly at home, particularly following how bad the home form has been in the last year or two, that's why it's hard to take, because you want to start to see the shoots of recovery. Um, I, I had a look at the statistics for League One home games, right? So since the end of, since the start of last season, we've won six league games at home from 26, which is absolutely awful. And that's why people are frustrated, because that's they cool. are paying money week after week after week to watch a team play at home where they should have a natural advantage. They do have the support of the crowd. They very rarely get on their backs, and they don't really... If we're going to boo, we generally boo at the end or yeah. or after a third goal in the 93rd minute. We don't really get on our team's back. No. We're a pretty placid bunch. and that, and that But people are getting a, getting annoyed with it, and they can only blame the management team, and we'll come to that in a minute, but either yeah. the manager or the coach, as, as people have been blaming. But that's what the, the reaction was so bad for. And people... I, I, genuinely, people were getting towards getting pretty angry towards the point of the end of you know other reigns of other managers like I remember it being a bit like that and Simpson it wasn't that bad and it but you just sort of see maybe it's starting to creep in and get worse over the next few weeks so yeah it's 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 certainly ratcheted the pressure back onto Mellon straight away I think as far as, far as this season goes that sort of result yeah I did well obviously it's um just it's only winning twenty three percent of your home games yeah <laughs> That's terrible. pretty terrible okay yeah. we had didn't do too badly but I think you made a really important point there and I think um you can't you can't disconnect the home form and the results of last year with this year. Mm. So um, I was just chatting to different people and I was on Facebook chatting and sending a few messages on um, Saturday night. And one of the things I shared was it felt to me like it was, we've got different players and I do genuinely think we've got better players now. So fair play to Mickey Mellon for signing some better players, but it doesn't feel like there's any change, does it? 
it just feels like it's the same old town at home. And I think, yeah. yeah, I think you're right. That's the frustration. The frustration from the town fans is not only is this continuing week after week after week for you know, for more more than a year. It's also we also given up a great opportunity there. So yeah, I think it was kind of multiplier effect, wasn't it, of the the consistent poor performances at home and then a really poor performance. Um, mm. Yeah, it it's also that for that year of poor performances at home, it's been quite similar. A lot of games where we've had played okay, played okay or played well for thirty minutes in a game, sometimes forty minutes, maybe even forty five minutes, a whole half, and then been poor for the next forty five. And it's sometimes been the first half, and it's sometimes been the second half, and and that's you know. Yeah, that's that's the way it's gone, I suppose, and 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 it's just never consistent at home, and and very rarely do we win. Even against Chesterfield, which we won, and we talked about the other week, there were patches in that game where Chesterfield could have nicked a goal, weren't there? Or patches in the game where that could have gone different. And I suppose that's the same for every football club. But just I just like to see us be comfortable in a game for a, for for a while. But there we go. Yeah. It's it's gonna come. If it doesn't, we will be talking about new manager soon because I yeah. I can't see it going any other way really. Um, and it's sad to think that we're sitting here on the twenty eighth of August and. People are saying September. That's what Mickey's got to save the job, but it's not us that decides, is it? It's the, no. it's the chairman, and that's a whole other, <laughs> whole other bag of nuts, isn't it? But there we yeah, go. So, is. go on. Yeah. So, um, um, as we um, put on Facebook last night, I'm also on Twitter, and we also just thought it'd be nice to get some fans' opinions. So, mm. it's a, I stole it from somewhere. I think I stole it from Six O Six. I think they do it, and where they do a three-word match report. Yeah, they get them. Yeah. So the first one um, was from Ian Whitfield. He said, "Very, very unlucky." Um, and, then, and then it went from one extreme to another. So it was massive balls up, poor second half, two-goal lead. Someone was positive. The buffet had stock, so that was good to hear. <laughs> um, should have won. Um, subs cost us. Uh, major rethink required. Um, same team, please, from Adrian. Adrian mm. Aid Pilmouth saying that. So that's an interesting comment. Um, League one ready. Can't finish matches. Someone wanted to know the golden gamble number, so... Classic town fans. <laughs> Every week, there's someone asks online, "What was the golden gamble number?" Yeah. And I, it's, you, it, because no one can hear the bloody tunnel, you know. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. about it. And then there was a few people going the other side. So some of you were saying there was some overreacting keyboard warriors. Um, and then there was a lot of comments about new defenses coach. I quite liked deja vu. So that was quite a good one. I liked. I am livid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So I think, and then a few kind of um, where some people got a bit um, aggressive towards those fans who were frustrated, but. I think there's also I think it was an interesting game for this as well because obviously you know we we chat to different people don't we at the game and you yeah, chat to yeah. people and you recognise people online and it's, and it's now it's starting to, well I was supporting Mellon pretty much all last season and I was really annoyed um, and also there's a few more people who are you know you're more kind of like in the middle of the road fans or even maybe you know you're more conservative kind of fans were really annoyed after that game yeah. And, uh, yeah. It's it's fair to say that, Ollie, and and let's not let's not pretend we are we 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 give a reasonable view from from the things that we do and the people we speak to. I think it gives a reasonable view of what other people are thinking, but we're not going to say what we're saying is what everyone thinks because there are quite clearly people out there who will go to watch Shrewsbury Town week in week out and they won't say anything negative about the football club wherever it did anything particular. Even if it did something terrible, they'll be like, "I support the lads. I'll yeah. I'll go." Mickey Mellon's bar me on me, and that's fine. And that's fine. That's what. Fans come from all different walks of life, from different you know classes, different towns, different locations, exiles and stuff. And there is a broad church of Jewsbury Town fans that never all going to agree on something. But I always think when it comes to managers, and I remember thinking this, and I've written articles about this when we were doing the fanzine, and when we were under Peters, even under Simpson, you know, about there's there's that point, there's a tipping point, isn't there, where you'll have the fan base, and it reaches a point where say 53 percent of people are just finished with the manager they don't want yeah. any more of him and, and once it gets to that point 
the noise at a ground and the, the negativity becomes sort of not vicious but sort of like all-encompassing in some ways that the, the sort of positive voices are drowned out and that and that's also changed over the years with social media because you tend to get you tend to get that tipping point and and i don't as much as i kind of lost my patience with melon last season and he turned me around i i'm not I'm, I'm really at that tipping point myself personally but i don't think we're at like 50 percent of fans at that tipping point but it's no. creeping up and and yeah. it fluctuates with each result and it's very loose at the moment and it could could really you know a 7-1 result you know god to hope that doesn't happen again this season but that could just put a whole load into the into the out camp and suddenly it's going to be cat calls every game and it gets on the players backs and then people start chanting at the chairman and just becomes very difficult for a football club to stay sort of going in the right direction there so we're getting towards a point where it's sticky i really do think that but um we shall have to see yeah yeah no it is um it is frustrating and um yeah, I think I think I think that's a really good sum of that. We're we're not quite at the level where you know majority of the fans are calling for his head, but there's a no. lot of people who are very frustrated. But um, yeah, also interesting worth mentioning is um, so as I said, I had a friend of mine came to the game who wasn't a true to town fan, and we listened to Shropshire Radio on the way back, and he was, "Who's Jackson? Who's this Jackson guy?" I thought Mickey Mellon was your manager, <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, he's our assistant manager," and he kind of just looked at me a bit puzzled, and yeah, let's talk about Mickey uh, Mickey Michael Jackson. So. We must be the only club in the country who um, <laughs> really hates their assistant manager and also calls their assistant yep. manager to be sacked. And actually yeah. asked a, tan, a, fan, a town fan online if he'd be happy if Jackson left and, and Mickey Mellon stayed. And he he said, "Yeah, no, I'd be really happy with that." And that's just mm. a bit odd for me. I don't know. I don't know. It's, you know I'm not, not people. Have, you know, as we said, you know, we've got opinions. That's what the whole podcast is about. And other fans are, have kind of their opinion, and that's right. And it's also you know, it's good, healthy debate. Mm. Jackson's problems, <laughs> and he does have problems. Uh, you know, you talk to people at the football club, and let's start. Let's start with where we are with Jackson. Mike Jackson is really, really, really were highly rated by our chairman to the point that he gave him the job after Turner went, and obviously had faith in him, and also didn't let him go after that went terribly and we got relegated. Didn't really hold any blame on him. And you talk to people at the club, and Mike Jackson is sort of. I, I, I'm not. I don't. He's one of Roland's favourites. So I would say if Mickey Mellon gets sacked, there's a pretty high chance that we will deal with Mike Jackson as manager again. And I think that would be poor because I think when he was manager, he did not do a sufficient job to try and turn things around. It was just the same old thing. So anyway, the problem with that is people think our main problem in losing all these home games is defence, is letting too many goals in, not being compact and not being you know, strong enough to, to keep teams out from scoring at home and, and losing our what was a proud home record. You know, we went those seasons unbeaten at home. And under Jackson in League One, I think that people focus on him because he is there as the defensive coach, isn't he? Now, is he the defensive coach? Though? That's well, an interesting point, isn't it? Because he's, he's a defender, but doesn't necessarily mean he's a defensive coach. And also, well, well yeah, so that's one point. So what is, what is his role? We don't mm, really know that. No. But also for me, um, the the point is that yeah, so it is a bit strange that Jackson came and obviously Jackson was forced upon Mickey Mellon when he took the job. Well, he obviously accepted it, but clearly, you know, you don't normally keep an assistant manager after someone else has been sacked. But Mickey yeah. Mellon's responsible, isn't he? Ultimately, he is responsible. He's the manager, oh, yeah, so he's yeah. responsible yeah. for the results. But um, yeah, Jackson is um, an, an odd one, and I guess it's this thing about Jackson's never really going to change unless we have a fantastic season. But then he still probably come back until he moves on and. Just kind of your comment about whether we become a manager, and I really hope not. I think hopefully Mickey Mellon can turn it around and we can have a decent season. If he doesn't, Jackson's got to go, hasn't he? I'm not saying yeah. Mickey Mellon's got to go now, but I think just on Jackson, I think he'll have to leave the club if Mickey Mellon goes. Yeah, it's strange. I think that 
for me, he goes because he already had a chance at managing us. And, and as, as much as that was a tricky situation for him to come into as the first job, he didn't convince anyone, really, did he? No one thought he did a good job when we got yeah. relegated that season. And so, you know, you don't... If Mellon goes, the last thing we want is to go back down that road. We want to be looking at... And there are there are managers out there, and, and we're, be, we're probably being preemptive here with Mellon going, but Cottrell's available, you know... Um, What's the Wolves manager's name? Um, um, Kenny, Kenny, Hack- Kenny Jacket. Yeah, Kenny Jacket. Yeah, yeah, Kenny Jacket. He's a great manager. He did a really good job at a few other clubs at this level. Yeah. So, you know, we must have enough money to convince a reasonably good manager to come here. You know, we weren't paying... <laughs> we are obviously paying Mickey Mellon and Paul Simpsons of the world a reasonable wedge because they, yeah, they were experienced managers at the time. So it's not like there aren't other options. But for yeah. me, any other option other than um, Mike Jackson would be good. But it, it is a weird one how people get angry because it was so noticeable on Saturday, wasn't it? How, yeah, it was really... How loud it was towards specific towards him yeah but I think would you think that this was I think almost the the anger and frustration in the game was probably even stronger than it was at any point last season yeah definitely because we lost a lot of home games but we were just dreadful for the for a whole like 90 minutes weren't we and it was just like yeah. oh another home game we're going to lose this and it was almost like the hope that killed us this week there was that shot, signs of the improvement in the squad that we've got which you just talked about and I think most people would think we probably have got a slightly better squad Yeah, you know debatable whether it turns out to be that way as it goes on but it was almost like we still couldn't just kick the Shrewsbury-Townisms out of them and they're starting to come down to our level of just mental fragility and, and defensive mistakes and letting teams off the hook when they've got them on the bloody, you know, on the rails ready to just get, get a third and kill a game off. My, it's funny, I was talking to my... My mum goes to the game every week and um, she's a massive town fan. My, my whole family are, which is why, to be honest with you, why I'm a Shrewsbury town fan. And she was just... My mum's just like, you know... A reasonably elderly, she's not elderly. Oh God, she's gonna kill me now. She has this because she's in <laughs> Um But she's, she's, you know, she's been going a long time, you know, since the '60s sort of thing. And she just was like, "Why did we not kill them off? Why didn't we just go and kill them off and that we'll get that one more goal?" And I think a lot of fans think that, don't they? Why didn't we just try and kill the yeah. game off instead of? And, and she's retiring. For for me, I always look like whenever we go ahead, we just sit off, sit back, and we let teams back in instead of being. You know, punishing them and saying, "Look, you're at our meadow. You're two 0 down. We're going to thrash you here. We're going to kill this game off. You have got no chance." We just give them a sniff every time, and and that's what it takes for a decent League One team to get back in a game. Yeah, and so yeah, you've reminded us of something I wanted to mention. I'd actually say during the course of the game, so Gillingham were um, in the playoffs positions early in the season, but that's where they were in the league. Yeah, and I wouldn't say there was any real difference between the quality of the teams. You know, no, obviously they had Thomas, who's come from um, from Arsenal, and obviously he's a class striker. He was good, yeah. But the, the, the rest of the team, I'd say, you know, we were easily on par with them, and they finished ninth last year in League One. Now I don't know how many players they signed, but still, you know, we're on par, mm. and we had at least four chances in the second half. Yeah, and yeah, you're right. It's just about finishing games off. Um, but yeah, it's. Um, I'm just saying. I'm not saying. I think it's probably worth just clarifying. I'm, I'm not saying Mickey Manor should get sacked yet. Um, but yeah, he needs to win some games. What about you? Hey, I don't either. I think he's got to win at least how many games we've we got in this month? Five, I think, in the league. And I think he's got to win at least two and get a draw in another one. It just to keep us at a level of mid-table points. All right, we've got to come back from that. But yeah, I, it's gonna. I think it's definitely worth the conversation because of the reaction at the end of the game. You know, that was what town fans were talking about, and that was their thoughts and feelings. So it's it's been worth the chat. You know, I I I will openly say on this podcast when I think I've reached the point yeah. where I want Mickey Mellon to be sacked because it's it's onerous on us to do so. We've got to be honest about our thoughts and feelings. So I'm I'm certainly not there yet, Ollie. But it's it's going the same way as last season, where each match it's tipping my thoughts in, in in either direction but um yeah yeah there well he's we got go. two yeah we'll obviously we'll go on to the games um in talent news but um yeah he's got some chances away from home but uh, yeah yeah i think that's where so, we call a nearly call a close on this one yeah uh, well i was going to say is there's a couple of things who was your top three from the game oh yeah top three 
Um, I'm going to go for Brown, Dodds, and I'm not. I can't think of a third one who really stood out. <laughs> Browns, Dodds, and Tony. Okay, I was going to go for Brown, Dodds, and Riley. I thought Riley was good. I I, I think he got forward quite well, and he's a solid little player. Yeah, he's he didn't not do quite anything as... wrong. Nah, didn't do anything. Okay, wrong. Let's, go for the, the let's go for those three. Though. Well, no, you pick yours, and I pick mine. So we'll stick okay. with those two. And we'll as I say we said this a few weeks, didn't we? Yeah. And obviously, we've taken on the the correspondence that went to the Sunderland game. We're going to work out across the season. So we're going to give ten points to who comes first, five to who comes second, and three to who comes third, and then we can have yeah. a, a salad cast player of the season. So it'll be interesting to go on. I think Brown. I was looking at the the first few games. Brown's well ahead at the moment, so yeah, that's going to well. put him Indeed. even further ahead. So yeah, that'll be interesting. The only other couple of observations I had from that game, Ollie, before we move on, was one. You know they wear these GPS systems. Yeah. If they take their shirt off, it doesn't half look like they've got sports bras on. <laughs> <laughs> and two, Darren Deadman. What were your what were your thoughts on him? Because obviously he's had a a, a colourful history with the football club. I, I, for me, I. I I thought he's had worse games refereeing us. Now, he made a lot of mistakes, but at least he made them consistently across yeah. both teams. He missed loads of free kicks for both of us. He gave some stupid free kicks to both of us. And at the end of the day, actually, it probably balanced in our favour because they had a stonewall penalty yeah, that he do. should have given. So, you know, maybe starting to give us the, the favour after all the abuses he's getting. The best thing was in the second half, I know you sit just behind me. Oh, sorry, in the first half, the town fans in around yeah. us were sort of giving him <laughs> loads. And he turned around and sort of gave him a thumbs up, which just seemed to infuriate them even more. So um, he had a bit of banter, I suppose. So I'll give him, give him that. But he's still not a very good referee, is he? No, he's not. He's a, he's a below par league one ref. Um, yeah, I think I think he probably were... We probably can't... We were lucky not to get that, give that penalty away. But I think, mm. yeah, the rest of the game, he was um, he, he was he was all right. Um, yeah. I'm not sure. I don't really like it when you see referees giving it all that. And there's a Premier League referee. I can't think of his name. Mike Dean, who's been in the news for all his kind of theatrics and his running yeah. around with the hands and stuff. But yeah, I think referees because yeah, should try and yeah, keep their keep themselves to the motions yeah. themselves. But he did get quite a lot of abuse, and it was quite funny. So yeah. Uh, there's, everyone shouts. Everyone shouts at Deadman every time he comes in. It's not all about you, Darren. It's not all about you. <laughs> That's a classic that. sound. That's yeah, classic. Shoot your town abuse. So I think let's move on from the game. The only thing we yeah. just quickly said we'd have a quick chat about was uh, the other thing we noticed after that game was people saying, "Oh well, as long as we stay up this season, it's fine." You know, the, our question for the week is: Should we accept uh, a relegation battle as our maximum potential? <laughs> what do you think, Ollie? Yeah, it'd be interesting to get town other town fans um, yeah. um, fonts on this. So yeah, please give us some um, send us some messages on Facebook or Twitter because it'd be great to get we can maybe carry this on for the next few weeks. Yeah, but um, I think we should be. I think there's absolutely no reason why we shouldn't be. Uh, Going for mid table and beyond, and I think any, every football club should be. You know, obviously, you look at Burn, you look at um, look at Rotherham. You know, they're not big that that big. Burn certainly not bigger than us, and Rotherham are not that much bigger than us. Um, so yeah, I think we should be. I don't think we should be accepting that we should be a relegation fight. No, you? I think if anyone goes into a season expecting that, then pff, what's the point? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You've always got to think that we should accept we should accept something a bit more than that. I, I don't disagree with thinking I would be happy to accept our maximum potential this season being mid-table. I think that's more realistic. But you've always, you've always got to think we can do better than the season before. Otherwise, it's just a bit dreary, isn't it? So, yeah. no, it'd be interesting to see what people think. I, 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 I would think that we should be aiming for mid-table, even upper mid-table, you know, as long yeah. as we can get things right. But it's obviously not going that way yet. So, yeah, any thoughts people have, get on the Twitter or the Facebook account and... Um, we might have a revisit that question as the weeks go on and see how it changes for us. So, yeah, we'll, we'll move on from the football. I think we've about covered the debacle, what was which was Shrewsbury Town's second half yesterday, and the the impacts and the effects it's had. I think we'll move on to some of the salop news now. Full of ideas, full of confidence, and a lot of football. Maguire's corner, Chapman, it's there. Okay, so. Salop news. Not a lot again this week um, in terms of transfers, particularly. Obviously, we're coming up to the 
the transfer deadline day, aren't we? On I think it's the end of this month, isn't it? So I'll be sitting watching the telly and watching people spend horrific amounts yeah, of money on, in the Premiership while we say, "Oh no, it's on Wednesday, ah, okay. isn't it?" Yeah. So yeah, it's on Wednesday. Only in and out this week really was Richie Wellens finally having his contract cancelled, which. You know, when you look at these situations, you think, why did we not just do that like in the middle of the summer and save ourselves a load of money? <laughs> what was the point of like? Surely they must have realised nobody would want to take him off us for any money. Why not just cancel that contract in the summer? Because we've now paid for him through you know three or four months. He must have been getting paid some money. So it just seems a bit weird, doesn't it, to just have it hanging, 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 having hanging, yeah. have him hanging around, and also that can't have been a particularly good sort of influence on the squad to have a miserable. He must have been pretty miserable hanging around the squad. So, yeah, I don't think anyone's going to shed any tears about him moving on and, and not sure it's going to really affect us in any way, Ollie, do you think? No, yeah, I think, I think yeah, it's, he's, um, I don't think we need to worry about it too much. Um, as long as he's been a sensible footballer, he should be all right. He's played a lot since Korean Championship. But I think it's all, one thing was just worth interest noting was it said contract cancelled. Well, normally mm. they say they've come to mutual agreement or something, but it said cancelled, which for me maybe implies that um, it was purely cancelled, and we didn't pay him off because normally, oh, that, normally we pay off. Change. Yeah, normally obviously you have to pay players off. And interestingly, in the secret footballer, they said you know you normally you get like fifty percent of your contract. That's the kind of oh, right. that's the kind of average rule that happens. But the word cancelled suggests that maybe um, he didn't get a payoff. Or, or they made a mistake when they were writing the article. You never know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, it's 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 a strange one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. you don't normally see cancelled and. Yeah, I don't think there's anything untoward that's gone on that re- requires legally that we could cancel this contract. It's probably no. just you know one of those crazy football things where someone's getting paid a load of money and we'll never know about it. But um, yeah, it's uh, what you, just one thing about Wellens really. Now he's gone. I think anytime someone leaves the club, we should sort of say what what's their lasting impression on you and do we look back favourably on him? For me, he was a gamble at a time when we needed something different and. It was a gamble that didn't pay off, wasn't it? He, he never really brought that much to the team and has been a bit of a millstone around our neck this early early in this season. So, for me, I'm not going to really look back on Richie Wellens' time in his career as particularly favourable as a Chief of Town fan, despite some of the credible things he's done in his career. I think he'll probably look back and think that wasn't didn't go quite how I would have planned. What do you think, Ollie? Yeah, I'm normally pretty, um, as you probably guys are going to find, I'm normally pretty conservative, normally give people a chance. I think it was completely not a waste of money. It's <laughs> a really terrible signing. Um I think it was a complete waste of money. Um, never really contributed. You know, he played in the team, but he didn't really do anything special. Um, and yeah, he was, how old is he? 35, something like that. Yeah, um, he might retire. Yeah, he just, I just think he was a, a, one of the worst signings he made, to be honest. Mm, so, it was, yeah. it didn't, I'm not standing on the fence on this one. No, uh, Ollie, I tell you, you, <laughs> you say what you feel, mate. That's, that's exactly what, what we should be doing. Um, but yeah, that, fair enough then. Um, talking to people coming in and out, obviously that moves us on to the transfer deadline day, like we were just talking about, which is on Wednesday. Um, one of the more depressing things about Saturday was I got home and I was trying to, I was, I get a left drive back with my mum sometimes and I was sort of having a chat with her in the car and missed Mellon's initial interview. So when I got home at about half five, I stuck Radio Shropshire on just to have a listen to it and I'd obviously missed it. But then they played an interview from the week where Mellon was basically saying, yeah, I don't need any more players. I think I'm all right now. That, that was the gist. And having seen that on Saturday, I was like, oh, really? <laughs> We're happy with this squad, are we? You know, there's obviously some things in there we might still be able to improve. So it does sound like we might not sign anyone between now and Wednesday, yeah. which is strange. Yeah, I, well, Interestingly, um, I remember um, in the earlier pods we were saying about well, who we were going to sign, and you were uh, you got one right on the money because you said that you thought we were going to sign some more strikers on loan. So obviously that yeah. happened with Warring and, and Tony coming in. Um, I, yeah, I, I think we've got a fairly decent sized squad. I'm not sure if it's. I think it's fairly well balanced. I could maybe prefer an extra wing or something like that, but 
yeah, I, I can't. I don't think anyone else is going to come in. The only area I think we're probably a little bit weak is um, in fullbacks cover. Yeah, so yeah, especially right back. Everyone yeah. says that, don't we? Yeah. So um, yeah, but then a go-go can actually that's not true, is it? I'm just looking at um, a, look at the team squad. A go-go played right back for Dagger and Redbridge, didn't he? He played a lot of his yeah. career at right back. So yeah, he played a couple of games for us last season. Yeah, right, didn't he? If so I remember rightly, but it's not ideal player. that. No, it's not ideal. Thinking about midfield, he's my preferred defensive midfielder personally I'd rather him always be in there so it just it's I don't want that I don't want us moving players around because it just unsettles the team if a go goes playing well and suddenly Riley's injured we've got to bugger about and move him around I'd rather we add someone that maybe you could rely on for a couple of games to come in to do a job that that, that Grogan the young lad Grogan I think he's the centre back but he can probably play right back yeah. problem is we let down we've let Dom Smith go who could have done a reasonable job there so you've got to hope that Riley doesn't get injured between now and January and then maybe Dom Smith comes back in January and we're a bit, bit safer there but yeah, Joe Riley's the one player we probably could do with not getting injured more than anyone else. In the yeah, moment. him and Brown would be a huge miss. But yeah, maybe maybe a thought that we could talk about in the next pod um, is something that does have yeah. did crop up. But let's not go back. Is also about team selection and, and rotation. So I think that's something yes. worth talking about in the future, in a, in a very much in a future pod. Yeah, a lot of people were talking about that. I, again, we could spend a good ten yeah. minutes like we did before talking about it, but consistency of selection was not an issue that we've been worrying about this season it's yeah. been, it has been an issue we've been worrying about since Mellon joined the club so that's another thing that people have been poking sticks at him for um, so that's it ins and outs and yeah. then transfer to London the other thing we just quickly talked about is we'll just go over the games that are coming up in the next in the next few weeks we've obviously got the EFL Trophy game on Tuesday night versus Cambridge um, and then we've got on the 3rd of September we've got um, the Oldham versus Shrewsbury game which I've seen they pump their prices up this season it's 22 game 22 quid on the day which is an absolute disgrace to be honest with you um uh, it could be more than that, actually. I think I got that wrong. Yeah, I think it's 24. 24 it is 24, yeah, yeah. Which is mental. And then we've obviously and got then... another game in Northwest, don't we? Bury away, which is always yep. a, a good a good follow and a good a good, um, good away. End. Yeah, I like Bury. Yeah. And then we've got Scunthorpe uh, away. Um, sorry, at home on the 17th of September. So that's what we've got coming up. I mean, that's quite a nice run of games, isn't it? Yeah, it fair? is. And a few games away yeah. from home where the, the away supporters are always uh, much more positive <laughs> and obviously less in numbers. Um, so, yeah, hopefully... Um, a couple of games away, hopefully get some points. I'd hope, I think, well, if the two wins are fantastic, four points I think would be good. At least one win I think would be kind of par what you'd kind of hope for. Um, yeah. yeah. Oldham and Bury, those two games, Oldham have got six points and Bury have got five points. So they're only a couple of points better off than us. Um, Oldham are two points better off than us and, and Bury are uh, one point better off than us. So those are games that reality, oh Christ, we don't want to lose. And we don't want to lose both of them, no. let's be honest. that That's where you start to get your rivals for relegation ahead of you. And we should be looking to sort of be going up ahead of them for red table. So, And then the Scunthorpe game, I think Scunthorpe mid-table as well. I don't think they've started off particularly well. Oh, no, they're third. No, yeah. I didn't realise they've done so well. They've got 10 points. So that won't be an easy game, but that's obviously back at home after that. Yeah. So that's fine. The only other games to, which, we're, which we've got in between, obviously, is the <laughs> Tuesday night game in the EFL Trophy versus Cambridge, which, as we have been very clear on this podcast... <laughs> <laughs> Neither of us will be attending, will no, we, Ollie? Um, cause, and I don't uh, think we should the bo- cover it either. So I think we nah, should just it's say, just meaningless, say the, the whole bloody trophy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the boycott is still happening as far as I'm concerned. There's been a lot of people saying they're going to do it. And actually, a lot of people have been donating to the Community Sports Trust, the, the entry fee. I think it's a fiver, isn't it? So I hope that the, just the Community Sports Trust gets a bit of money out of it and that people say, well, I'll give my money to the club, but I'm just not going to go because I don't agree with it. So each their own. If you go, enjoy the game. If you feel like you want to let us know what it was like, that's fine. But... I, I think there's a rule where they've got to play seven players on Saturday, so it must might be it might be a reasonably strong squad on Saturday. But we'll we'll keep an eye across it and see how it affects it. But they could do without bloody losing at home to Cambridge. Let's be honest in that trophy. Even it, it, we could do a winning it, and meaningless and as annoying as, as it is, we could do with not losing that game <laughs> yeah. after what happened on Saturday, just for the people that go. 
Yeah, no, and um, I think, um, I don't know if this is linked, so um, good luck when you put this pod together, but my dog has started barking as you were talking yeah, about the AFL there, trophy. Really. So in fact, she shared her opinion that she really doesn't like this tournament. Your dog your dog barked outraged then. It sounded <laughs> like it was an outraged bark at the EFL trophy. And I hope the FA, EFL are listening to your dog. Yeah. Um, that's fine, Ollie, we'll let you do that. At some point, obviously record these in the evening in our houses, so at some point I'm sure one of my children's going to interrupt one of these podcasts, but... We've got seven episodes so far, and they haven't woken up when they're in bed. So yeah. there we go. We'll uh, we'll have to see how it goes, Ollie. So that's what's coming up. Really, there wasn't any other news this week that was worth covering. Really, no. so um, yeah, we'll move on to our little prediction competition, and then we'll close it. They drew two two two. Here we are, the last section of the podcast. So we'd also do our predictions. Um, so for the Gillingham game, um, both of us actually went for a win. <laughs> what were we thinking? Yeah, so um, you, Glyn went for a 2-1 win and I went for a, a 1-0 win to Taron. Um, unfortunately, as everyone knows, we lost 3-2, so neither has got a point there. I did say so, I did say we'd score some goals, didn't I? So at least I got that Yeah, right. <laughs> you got the number of goals we scored right, but unfortunately you yeah. made the rules, Glyn. Well, the rules are rules, Ollie. I agree. Yeah, got to stick <laughs> exactly. to them. So we're at the moment we're currently on three all. Um, so moving ahead, so let's let's not predict the EFL trophy <laughs> where it's called. Um, let's do the Oldham game. So yeah, I'll let you. I'll give you the honours. You can go first. Well, as I've mentioned before, my boss is an Oldham fan, and I've uh, been off two weeks before, so I could have got a bit of a an inside scoop here and, and maybe taken advantage of that. But I've not been able to speak to him for two weeks, so. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I noticed that Oldham, have, I think they've got most, I say, I think they've got like a point, two points more than us, but they've accrued those points in the last two games. I think their form has slightly improved. So they're not going to yeah. be particularly easy to beat. Oh, and, and we're always rubbish at Oldham, let's be honest. I can't remember us ever winning there. It, we seem to always do pretty poorly there. Um, so I think I'm probably going to end up predicting us to lose 1-0. Okay. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm like thinking, I'm kind of thinking I want us to win. Mm. But I don't think we will. And I'm kind of thinking, well, maybe we can get a draw. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for a one-all draw. Mm, okay. I think I, I sometimes factor in. I always think when we have a disappointing result like that, and it it shakes the football club a little bit, that there's always a bit of a hangover. We never yeah. seem when when we have a result like that, we never seem to put it back. You know, we never seem to win the next game and say, right, we're gonna put that right. We we seem to slowly recover from results like that. So that's the reason I've gone for us to lose again. But um, yeah. We shall see. Hopefully, we don't. So yes. So episode seven. I think we've about covered it there, Ollie. It's been yeah, a, we have. It's been a lot to talk about because it's just been. I think for us, the most interesting thing of the last week was the fans' reaction, wasn't it, to the way that yeah, it the way that, that game went. So it's it's hopefully brought everyone that's listening a bit of a of a flavour of what happened at the match on Saturday. Um. So yeah, yeah and it was go on. it was also interesting. Obviously, both of us had the chance to go to a game, yes. so that was quite good as well. So yeah, both of them shared our views, and yeah, it was interesting. Obviously, good for us. I think it was I was chatting to you before. I think it was I think that's the eleventh game of the season, including pre seasons. Yeah. So we finally got to go to one. So no, that should be good. Yeah. Well, I, I should be going to a few more, but unfortunately, I got a wedding next week, Ollie. So I can't go. To, so I'm not going on Tuesday for the boycott, mm. and then I can't. can't no, s- I'm not going to the boycott. Uh, and yeah, so we'll need someone to do to be a um, salad cast correspondence against for the Oldham game. Yeah. So, yeah hopefully, someone from Bolton. Too. I'm going to my cousin's wedding in uh, Cardiff, unfortunately, so I'll be doing my normal thing that I do at weddings, which is probably what all Shrewsbury Town fans do, which is sneak out every now and again to look at the scores coming in, because, you yeah. know, it's ju- normally during the meal, you can get out. <laughs> if my, yeah. my cousin might listen to this, actually, and be like, you're not sneaking out of my wedding, but I'm sure she'll allow me. She knows I'm a big Shrewsbury Town fan. That's the way it goes. If I was that big a Shrewsbury Town fan, I would have cancelled and gone to the wedding, so she should be, she, I'd have gone to the yeah. match, so she should be happy about that. Um, so, yeah, so should we probably catch up in a week's time and... Yeah. See how things have gone because if if we end up losing the next two games, we could be talking even more darker times. But yeah, hopefully not. Any more pressure? Mm. Yeah. So September's going to be an interesting month for the club. It is. So we'll try and stay try and stay weekly and uh, 
bring you the latest on what's going on and what fans are feeling and, and the, the Shrewsbury Town roller coaster. <laughs> See which way it'll be heading when we come back. So yeah, cheers, cheers for that. Episode seven, Ollie. We shall cheers, close guys. it off. Cheers, mate. Bye. Oh,